We'll talk about hospitals preparing for the COVID-19 outbreak this week. Also, we'll chat about the difference between Kentucky and Indiana's so-called shelter-in-place orders. Everyone keeps complaining about being stuck at home. Jeez, it's like you guys have never been on house arrest before. Stick around. Just kidding. I've never been on house arrest either. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Brooke Timmons. Hi. Chris Larson. Hey, hey. And Marty Finley. How's it going? Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on the city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But... Before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do, with a difficult question for our panel. Guys, we put up story after story about working from home, being quarantined, events being canceled, and so on. So when this whole thing is over, which I think will probably be sometime in 2037, what's the first thing <laughs> you're going to do when, you, when, we, when we're finally free to go places? What's the first place you're going to go? Brooke, I'm going to start with you. Oh my gosh, David. Uh, when I saw that email and the question, I really couldn't decide, uh, what was, what, what I would do first. I think throwing like a massive party with like everyone I know, like that's what yeah. I want to do. And I, I want to hug everyone, like hug everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think like, um, it'll just be weird walking into the office and seeing everyone again and being like, Oh, no, hey, you're not just so, a video chat thing now. Can I tell I can... you that? that this has already changed my like mental frame of thought. Like when I'm watching TV and people are talking about like, like I see people too close together and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Get, get farther away. <laughs> and then I have to tell myself that this is, this is a TV show and this isn't a fictional land. And like, it's just like, I, it's already reframed my brain that people are too close together and they're talking about throwing parties. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's funny. My wife's the same way. Uh, we were walking the other day and she saw some people like hanging out on their porch together and she's like, they're not social distancing. I'm like, they're probably all related. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Chris, how about you? What are you going to do when we, uh, when we finally get out of quarantine? Uh, probably going to, uh, probably going to go find a therapist. Be completely honest. <laughs> so I say that I say that jokingly, and I, and you know it's probably not a good joke to make because this is an incredibly incredibly stressful time for everybody right now, right? This is yeah. we, this is a time of incredible uncertainty. Uh, but kind of jumping off of Brooke's point, this has changed my my thinking, kind of my frame of reference for my reality. And I remember going to Kroger a couple of days ago on my hunt for toilet paper, and that's a whole nother whole nother story. Yeah, but I remember you, walking you, in, you and, lost and Kroger that, was not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, but go on, I remember go on. Going, yeah, going into Kroger, and it was not it was not crowded. It was very mellow. This is the this is the brand new Kroger that's in Jeffersonville, and at the time I went, it's normally very busy, and there weren't very many yeah. people there. And I have a you know a twinge of just social anxiety being in the same space with you know people that I don't know and I'm not familiar with, and that just went through the roof. And that hasn't happened to me in a really long time. Yeah, and same. Like I, I'm, I, I noticed, walking. and I'm like, oh my gosh, like 
I haven't felt this nervous about walking into a room with people I don't know since I was a kid. And mm. part of it is maybe my hyperacuity of, you know, what's going on with, you know, with the you know, coronavirus, the guidance from elected leaders on how to deal with it. Um, mm. And my kind of, you know, latent anxiety, which is kind of built up as a, as my kids are, as I've added kids to the family and not to worry about them mm -hmm. on top of everything else. Uh, so half joking, half serious. First thing I'm going to do is probably find a therapist. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I can understand that, especially with the, uh, and there is a lot of anxiety. Um, Marty, how about you? So, um, my, my answer came to me immediately. I'm going to go to the gym. First chance I get. Yeah, you're 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 like uh, this has got to be killing you. I know you love going to the. Gym. Yeah, I go six days a week. So I only take one day off. Um, yeah, I've not been in the actual gym for over a week. I actually, went probably two days longer than I should have. Uh, yeah, I did social distance. I wore gloves to you know uh, protect myself with the equipment and and everything, and not to spread any germs from my hands. But <clears throat> so I've been having to do the home workouts, but um, it's just not the same. Plus, you know, I'd like yeah. to. Just like the camaraderie um, in a gym. Yeah, me too. I find, I find it's changing um, up your space and, and your mental frame. Like when you're at the mm -hmm. gym, you're like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, like I'm I did in a workout, workout mode at, or whatever. I did it. Yeah, like I did a workout at home last night right in front of my couch. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I looked longingly back at the couch at one point. Yeah. Like <laughs> I could just turn this off and this could be over right now. I mean, I forced myself through and I'm really happy I did. Uh, in fact, sitting in my office chair is difficult today, but yeah. but it is. It's like, you know, just when you're at the gym, that's the business you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard when yeah, your couch I think is I just, two feet away. I, I, you know, the the last day I went, I'm like, I probably shouldn't be here. <laughs> I kept going out there. <laughs> so I really yeah. quickly finished and got out of there. And it's like, okay, this these places are germ factories in, in a normal circumstance so i should probably stay away from my health and the health of other people there as well oh no mm -hmm. i know i i clean the machines it, not going through a pandemic i clean the machines before i touch them and after i touch them i'm that girl yeah. at the gym like people are <laughs> like look at that weirdo cleaning the machine <laughs> look before this happened it was still cold and flu season and i have seen people get off those machines and not clean them so this girl is not taking any chances like <laughs> washing that machine before i touch it yeah um i went out yesterday because it was a night it was a we're recording on tuesday so monday was this like gorgeous day it was like 60 degrees and like i think all my neighbors are working from home too and like it just seemed like everybody in the neighborhood was out Walking their oh, dog or just going yes. for a walk. And I was like, I mean, my neighborhood is not so dense that, you know, it would be like a crowd. But, you know, we were able to stay six feet away from each other, you know, for most of the time we, you know, we pass each other. But I don't, uh, you know, I don't think that counts as gathering if you pass yeah. somebody on the sidewalk. Same, same. I took my dog for an afternoon walk and it was like the sun was out and I think yeah. people were just like, you know, trying to get out for their afternoon walks, but because it was so nice and I was like playing Frogger down the street, like hopping out in the street when I would see people and like crossing to the other side. And it's like, yeah, man. <laughs> um, I think the first thing I'm going to do is like, just go to a bar or something. I, I didn't realize how much I would miss, you know, uh, just going out to a bar or a restaurant. You really yeah. take that stuff for granted. And now mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you I can go out for walks and, you know, do stuff outside, but it's 
it's not the same as just going out and watching a ball game or something. I can't wait for that to come back. So, uh, so I will wrap us up there and go to the next thing. I won't wrap us up. That wasn't a whole show. I'll just go to the next thing, uh, which is hospital readiness, which I think is probably the scariest part of this whole uh, pandemic. Uh, it's the prediction that the coronavirus will overwhelm hospitals. Most people who catch this uh, coronavirus probably won't need hospitalization, as I understand it. I think it's like 80% won't won't uh, really have that severe of symptoms. But th- those who do, there's concern that, you know, that other 20% who really needs care uh, there's going to be too much of a rush on hospitals for them to get it. So not enough beds, not enough ventilators, not enough space, and so on. And uh, Chris Larson, you had an interesting story this week on hospital readiness. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a good story. I love the way you set it up, talking to the – you talked to the three major healthcare systems here in Louisville, uh, Norton Healthcare, Baptist Health, and uh, University of Louisville Healthcare. Uh, so what was the most interesting fact that you think came out of that story? There was a lot of good interesting facts in there, but what's something that really struck you? Something that really uh, stuck out to me, there's two things. Um, the first one is um, where hospitals are just at right now in the area with their what's called their daily census, just the number of people that they're taking care of. The number is already kind of high, kind of across the board, um, uh, in the Kentuckiana market mm-hmm. for Baptists, you know, they're looking at 61%, meaning they're, you know, well over half, almost to two thirds occupied on any given time on average during the flu and pneumonia season in the winter. And then Norton Healthcare, at least through the first part of this year up until about March 17th, they're at about 73% occupancy. So there is space for people mm-hmm. to be admitted just because of the, based on the number of beds. But what one thing I could not necessarily account for in a timely manner was like how many intensive care units or other specialized units there would need to be. Um, and then the second part was, you know, what they're considering with workforce. Now, this is frightening. Yes, uh, this whole thing is kind of scary. And it seems to me in my experience in moments like that, people flock to their, their care provider and none of them, none of the providers said that they were really looking at ramping up hiring. Um, mm. That that surprised me. U of L said that they're you know kind of giving me kind of a blanket answer that they're you know working to evaluate their needs, including shifting their staff, maybe additional temp staff. Uh, Baptist Healthcare didn't give an answer yeah. to that, and then Norton came out and said not at this time. They're not considering adding hospital staff. Um, well, I read that too, but aren't hospitals already like, I mean, you've written about the nursing shortage and that sort of thing. So it's like, yeah, they could ramp up, but who are they going to hire? There's already a shortage of work. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, so one thing that hospitals can do, and I've actually, I've actually got a story that's going to come out that kind of shows this a little bit. You can turn to the contract workforce to try to meet, meet some of these needs. You know, people have probably heard of the phrase travel nurse. These are nurses that either are employed by a staffing agency or find employment through a staffing agency that they can pull in, but everybody's going to be doing the exact same thing. So your point still stands that who, who on earth are they going to hire? So Kentucky is a greater risk than the other States, right? So, uh, you you know, is it because of the health too many cigarettes, too much butter? (laughs) Yeah, that's one way to put it. Um, Kentucky does not compare well. Pretty great. Uh, Yeah. Debatable on, on that front, uh, but there's a lot of people who really do who really do enjoy both of those things in Kentucky. 
you know, as a state, we don't compare well with other states when it comes to things like heart disease, diabetes, uh, lung health, especially uh, because mm-hmm. of you know, because of smoking, uh, pollution, uh, work in the mines. That's kind of tailed off, though. Um, an analysis by a group called uh, the Kaiser Family Foundation, a nonprofit that's dedicated to uh, healthcare policy research and just putting out good and accurate information about that about healthcare in general, estimates that as much as forty six percent of the Kentucky adult population would be considered at risk, um, mm. and these people would be you know, sixty years or older or have an underlying health condition such as heart disease, diabetes, or lung disease. And uh, so one last thing on this hospital uh, uh, issue, and, you know, I I know there's uh, some hospitals taking steps to ramp up, right? So what are some of these uh, hospitals doing to try and make sure they're ready for this? Right. One of the things that they're trying to do to ramp up is actually ramp down other things. So hospitals uh, everywhere have been instructed by the governor in Kentucky and in other governors across the nation have instructed hospitals to stop doing elective or non-essential surgery mm-hmm. to both limit the number of people going into facilities in hospitals that don't need to be there. Uh, that's a reduction in transmission effort, but also it opens up the capacity of the hospital and its staff to actually care for people who might need the extra care because of mm-hmm. the coronavirus outbreak. So that's one thing. Um, well, and it saves supplies. Another too. thing that they're trying to yeah. do is yeah. actually open up triage tents. And this is actually an update since I actually wrote the story. I wrote that we did not have any hospitals in the area that set up triage tents or tents outside their hospitals so people with COVID-like symptoms can be treated or can be checked out outside of the facility. Uh, Norton mm-hmm. Women's and Children's Hospital, I believe it's in St. Matthew's, set up a triage tent uh, for people with uh with upper respiratory and fever symptoms. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, so so it sounds like some things are being done. I don't, I don't guess we've seen the uh, the massive outbreak here that some other states have seen. I mean, obviously, I think New York, uh, San Francisco, and Seattle, uh, I think, are the biggest places in the U.S. that have seen that. And hopefully, uh, you know, some of these steps are going to pay off for Kentucky providers. But I guess it's just a, a matter of waiting and seeing for now. It, um, it, yeah. Go on. I was just going to say it, it really is. Um, the hope with all of this is that we minimize outbreak and exposure. Uh, but based on projections from specifically from the Surgeon General, the kind of the top health, one of the top health officials at the federal level said that in the next week to 10 days, we're really going to see uh, kind of things increase because the cases that were transmitted before, just before we started doing these social distancing efforts and efforts to try to get ahead of this, will have finished up their uh, incubation period and will, I can't remember what the right word is, manifest, I guess. Mm -hmm. So the next week to 10 days are going to be very telling for where we're at. Okay. Good to know. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned the social distancing. Uh, there's been some differences between how Indiana, Kentucky, and also Ohio have handled these uh, so-called shelter-in-place orders. Uh, and Marty, I'm going to lean on you for this one. Um, mm-hmm. Our governor here in Kentucky, Andy Bashir, he doesn't like the term shelter-in-place, right? So why is that? 
<clears throat> I think part of the problem is the wording of it. Um, I think the term he's been use, using is healthy at home. I think every state has a different... Um, That's so PR. Yeah, it has. A, it's everybody has their own saying. Uh, Indiana put a stay-at-home order, so just yeah. pretty straightforward, stay-at-home. Um, yeah. The problem that uh, Bashir has mentioned about shelter-in-place is it, it really conjures up some negative thoughts about what yeah. that means. I think about a train derailing when someone's right. well, nuclear fallout, that. whatever, go to your bunker <laughs> and, yeah. you know, board up your house. Well, he um, explained that. And I think it dilutes the, the term for future purposes of the shelter in place. You know, he says that the shelter in place term is when there's a chemical spill or yeah. an active shooter. And that really means do not darken your doorway. Whereas like he's encouraging people to go out and take a walk, go play in your yard with your yeah. kids or something like mm-hmm. that. Don't play in the yard if there's been a, a you know, a, a train derailment or a shooter. Right, <laughs> <So>. right. <laughs> no, I can see his point there. Um, yeah, the but, difference, I mean, really, it's really semantics, I think. Uh, Indiana and Kentucky are basically doing the same thing. They've shut down, you know, restaurants and bars, other dining rooms anyway. They've shut down the non-essential retail. Uh, but you can still go to the park, you can still go outside, you could go to the grocery store, gas station, doctor's office, whatever you need to do. You've got one of those essential needs that you have to meet. Right, right. So um so yeah, I was um that was gonna be my next question, you know. It seems like what Indiana is doing is more severe when they had that shel- or stay at home order. They didn't call it shelter in place either. Um but uh I guess we're actually doing the same thing. <laughs> so uh um, and then, uh, you know, I saw another headline out of, uh, Ohio this morning, our sister paper in Cincinnati had a headline that said, you know, five things to know. And yes, you're, you're allowed to leave the house. Uh, so yeah. like, do you think there's confusion about that in Kentucky about whether or not you're allowed to leave the house? Because like, I feel yes. like I'm allowed to, I, uh, mowed my grass yesterday. And like I said, I went for a walk yesterday. Uh, I, I went to the gas station and got gas before I mowed my grass, you know, obviously mm-hmm. washed my hands after I got home because I was such in that nasty gas pump. But, um, but you know, you guys feel like there's any confusion about what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do? And yeah, I think so. a couple of you guys are Hoosiers, confusion about so. a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shelter in place, is it, just, more confusing? I think it just conjures up some images that are not accurate to what the situation actually yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so is that, well, and like in, uh, you know, they talk about lockdowns. No, you're fine. In California, I saw that, you know, their governor has placed a lockdown um, on the whole state. And then there were pictures coming out from this weekend of entire, like, boardwalks and beaches full of people that are just mm-hmm. ignoring that order. And it's like, mm-hmm. guys, this is why all of us are going to be in our houses. Just like, you know, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of people. Get back in your car and leave. <laughs> yeah yes um yeah yeah I've, I've seen those photos too and it, it kind of blows my mind um it seems uh reckless it, it at the worst reckless and at best just inconsiderate you know that, that you don't think about right. the health of others when you do that kind of thing uh is there is there more that uh, Bashir is going to do or or governor holcomb over in indiana i mean you could potentially put curfews in uh at some point yeah uh yeah, and we've heard rumblings about that. that. Um, yeah. So you've seen some cities already do that, so that could potentially be a next step. But, I mean, they could get national most Guard of the businesses like that are now open order. are essential, considered yeah. essential. So uh, yeah. I'm not sure how many more businesses you could close at this point. 
And the, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And it's like, um, you know, I guess there are some manufacturers and stuff that are uh, still operating. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm not. You know, some of those are medical related. Um, Amazon, I think, is an interesting one. Is that considered essential retail? Well, I think it's considered an essential business just because of the supply chain. Sort of. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Which my new my new uh, hobby my new hobby is ordering stuff on Target.com and seeing what I actually get. Like um yeah. uh, <laughs> my dish soap was delayed. I actually so I wanted to send a care package to my brother. Um I was I was talking about eating Lucky Charms the other day and he was like, Oh man, they were out of Lucky Charms by the time I got to the grocery store. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna send him some surprise Lucky Charms. So I go on so the website, nice. I <laughs> I put in I put in an order for two like family sized boxes of Lucky Charms on the Target website. It says this item needs to be, mm-hmm. there must be a minimum order of $25. So I'm like, oh great, what else stuff? So I sent, I add some Easter candy, um, some of his like body wash, just like some fun stuff, right? Okay, that, that when he opens it, it'll be great, right? Um, yeah. The order shipped the other day. It shipped with everything but the Lucky Charms. And I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> that was the whole point. That yeah. was the whole point. It was the most expensive box of Lucky Charms I've ever bought, and then the Lucky Charms didn't. <laughs> also, speaking yeah. of yeah. Amazon, sorry, sorry, I just wanted to add something. It looks like someone sure. from our uh, newsroom chat shared a headline. If I can get this thing to actually open, that says something to the effect that the Amazon warehouse in Shepherdsville will be shutting down temporarily to sanitize after a work tested positive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even with a positive test, they're oh, still going to wow. keep going. Yeah. A couple um, of workers, as I understand it. I don't know. Like, I can't even imagine, like, the bedlam that would happen if something, if re- e retailers like Amazon or like Walmart Grocery were shut down. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like, you kind of, those things, I'm like, if you don't have food or, or, you know, some, not just food, but other supplies, then, uh, I think that, that turns into a much more serious situation. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I'll uh, I'll move us on to there. Um, we'll go around the quote unquote room, as you probably figured out. We're not really in a room. We're on we're on a uh, a call to do this podcast because our office is closed, of course. But uh, I'll go around the room and let you guys share your social media handles. Um, Brooke, I'll start with you. You can find me on Twitter at, at @bfluebrook. Um, I actually tweeted, I retweeted something the other day. So, I mean, there's some activity on there. Um, if you do, you can, Whoa. You can uh, I know you can tweet at me. I will see the notifications. I just don't always get on there and, and actively tweet. So, um, so there's, mm-hmm. um, my Twitter and then on, you can find me on Instagram, which is my preferred social media channel. It's at B 26 this morning. I posted, um, a, a video on my stories of a squirrel eating a cookie. And guys, that's the content you didn't know you needed. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. So, that's very good. Uh, so there's that. Good stuff there. All right, uh, Marty, how about you? I'm at Marty on Twitter, and I'm also on LinkedIn under my name. Uh, I get mm-hmm. a lot of good news tips uh, and feedback on LinkedIn, so I'm trying to use it more. I did resurrect on Instagram over the weekend. Um, oh my god! We'll see if that welcome back if that lasts or not. Welcome back, so, Marty. We missed you. Like first time in like six months. Yeah. Watch the video. Well, the podcast. The real fans know about it because we talked about this a long time ago. Yes. 
<laughs> um, what's your what's your Instagram name? I can't even remember because I'm al- I'm almost never on it. <laughs> so I just have funny. to look at it when I go on. Well, you're gonna have to bring it next up. Um, my uh, e- uh, social media handles. You can find me on Twitter at bfluedavid or on Instagram at dman3001. I'm also very active on LinkedIn, so you can reach me there, too. Um, if you like what you hear, uh, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on popular podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you very much, Chris, Brooke, and Marty. And thank you guys for listening at home. Until next time, bye. Bye.